What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast, a Monday edition. Not doing it the day before this week. So we're coming to you guys a couple of days before our next matchup, a big one on the road. We will talk about the Dogs going to Nashville and facing the Bruins in a tough matchup. We will also clearly talk about and lead off with the sweep of the Redbirds. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, I mean... It continues. It, not only are rough play at home at times, because now it's at 24 total points decided in the last at least eight games of our games. And then Harry Schrader on the teleconference today had a stat of when he was talking to Brian, 10 of our 14 Valley games have been decided by seven points or fewer. No, it doesn't seem sustainable. And again, it's it's crazy the stretch that we're on. Some of them are wins, some of them aren't. You know, there's a crazy stat. Maybe we do it this time or the next time about what Brian's record is against the, the top half teams versus the bottom half. There's no doubt we we finish off the teams below us. It's just all about when it matters most, beating the teams ahead of us, and we struggle with that. But again, a crazy stretch, and it was another crazy game Saturday night. What's going on? Yeah, and it's it's it was really a tale of that. I'd say the first 25 minutes of the ball game. You mean? we looked like we should against the, the teams below us and you were taking care of business. And I mean, just the, we'll dive into it. The latter half of that last 14 minutes or so, just uh, we went back into a little bit of a funk like we always do. And you see every once in a while with teams, I mean, I, I watching yesterday, watching the UIC game, they went to funks for three or four minutes at a time. You see it with everybody, but, um, when we go up for 10 minutes at a time, it's just, it's just bad basketball, but it is, it is what it is. I mean, we found a way to win to close them out. I mean, still learning, still learning different ways to win ball games. And we've learned ways to lose ball games now. And it feels like now with what is it? Six games left uh, there. We should be prepared for anything. Cause it feels like this roller coaster, roller coaster of a season. We've been through it all and we should be prepared for anything. Yeah. And we keep saying also that every game's different. I mean, but it just seems like how these games are finishing that, you know, good or bad. And clearly we, we seem more confident on the road than we do at home. And, you know, our next two home and road are ridiculously hard. And they're just not making it easy on themselves. And we've been saying that. And they are battle-tested. I mean, Brian mentioned facing adversity in this game, and they did. And they, you know, clearly they always do. But, again, it doesn't – it just doesn't seem sustainable. I mean, <clears throat> you know, it boils down to him saying you want to play your best basketball this time. And it's like, well, it seems like you're – a little bit you lack to prove that point of what you want to do. Because, you know, again, you're not going to play a perfect 40-minute game. We would like them to. And you said there, like, we played a good 20, 25 minutes or even a little bit more than that. But it's just not enough. And you can't sustain leads. And, and you know, whether that's you come from behind on the road, which seems like that's been the case of the recent games. And then at home, you just can't, can't hold on the leads. And it was another – one like this, we had another small double-digit lead, or it got up to like 16 points in this game, and you just allow a team that, you know, Illinois State, they struggle for their specific reasons, and we'll just dive into the wide scope and just look at the final box score of things that just come to us, but uh, they can't shoot, and they, you know, they hit some in this one, and they have guys who can, you know, we knew Luke can shoot, Malachi, who did shoot well in this game, can, Kendall can stretch it, Dalton can, it was just Malachi, Kendall, and Dalton who made threes, 
but they don't really take them. Like they're a clear paint team and they're a team that is also, you know, they're good on the defensive end as well. Their metrics are fine on that end. And they did do a good job, especially on X in this game. Um, but, you know, it's just, just a team that if they, if you can't make through, that's what we say. If we can't win and when you're, you know, scoring 65 and absurd on the defensive end, you know, in terms of how you want to be, Illinois State, no wonder they've been well below 500 the last two years because you can't shoot that well. And, you know, granted, Darius Burford didn't play in this game. Jordan Davis didn't play in this game, who were two shooters. Uh, you know, I get it. And so that even, you know, makes the point even more is they didn't have those guys and you still struggled. You still let a team who was mainly paint points, you know, try to work their way to a comeback and you know, it was Dalton's homecoming. He played fine. His family was in attendance, made some questionable posts in regards to like, um, you know, fans or what they, you know, Dalton, he got booed in the, um, in the starting lineup. One of those typical things. And that's what we love to see. That's what makes college basketball great. You want those kind of robbery type things, but um, I mean, no, again, there's just, that's what we need to focus on mainly is that stretch because when, when you're up as much as you are, I mean, even the difference between each half, 64% we shot on the first, 39 in the second, six of 14 from three, one of 11 from three in the second, 9%. And when, when you're, when the confidence is good and you, and it's not like you have any pressure on you at the start of the game per se, you'll hit every open shot. You'll hit, you know, anything you will honestly take. And then the second half when the pressure's on, you even miss wide open shots, and that's what we did. I mean, no, again, when you play a team like Illinois State, you got to just, you know, hit them in the throat. And, you know, sh- shout out to Miles Foster and Kendall Lewis and how good they are in the pain. They tried to force them to get in the ball. But, no, I'd say that's the ultimate team you just can't allow to, to claw back. They made threes in the stretch when they did, but it's like you just can't do this. What else stuck out to you? Yeah, and I, I would give, give credit to Dexter. He really – um, sat down and guarded X pretty well for that last about 12 minute stretch and done a really nice job on him to take away some things here and there. Um, but it was for, like I said, it feels like the roller coaster this season, we should be prepared for anything. This, this game, we learned how to win. It wasn't turning the ball over. We ended up with six turnovers for the game. We've been for the last two weeks. It feels like we've been in the 15 plus margin of turnovers and, that's how you blow these leads. This time it's, it wasn't, we were getting good looks. X was fine. And guys, it was AJ for threes or Trent had a good look. Troy had multiple good looks and, and AJ missed some free throws. It's just the lack of being able to knock down a shot or free throws to just like stop their run or continue to get something going offensively. But it was just a different type of game where we just could not hit anything. And Kinzinger and, like you said, Foster and Lewis was um, clawing them back. Then with that point, Dexter hit a couple threes. Uh, Scotty got him on an and one in a bad situation where X tried to pick up the ball on a fast break, just let the guy fly by him. So Scotty was in a bad situation running out of shooter and um, wasn't the only time we gave a and one three this in this game. Troy had Kinzinger in the first half. I think I think it was either him or point Dexter had an and one three as well. So we're flying out guys off fast breaks when we don't get the ball stopped. But yeah, really this outside of them doing a good job on X those last 10 minutes. And um, 
we just could not make a shot down the stretch, and it definitely showed being one of 11 from three in the second half or 9%. Yeah, I just don't understand it because, you know, you're at home. And I know, again, you know, prior games, whenever it's in their head, and that's what you just can't have happen, and that's on the players to react. That's on the coach to put it in their mind. We've been in this before. You know, I don't know how you would really say it. It's it's more of how you maybe address it than just say, you know, don't let it happen again or, you know, don't try to think back to the other games that had happened. But it was just the same things, you know. They as you know, they went on a run. Next thing it was like a 10 0 run down the, you know, down the stretch of the game. And it was the typical, you know, dribble around. We were trying to just play not to lose and dribble the ball out. And X would try to, you know, ask for a foul and try to try to force one up at the rim or something. And again, he, he X lacks going left. If he if he would go left more and do more things, he'd be even more unsolvable than he is or has shown to be. And you know, Miles would block him or something. He'd try to force it up and get blocked. They'd go on a fast break. The one you just said right there, which I couldn't believe, and we've done it a lot this year. It's yeah, if you try, really, it's X. I guess there's been some other ops. Well, yeah, you turn it over, you're standing at midcourt, you try to stop the ball in that moment when they're all their guys are pushing down court. Malachi gets in the corner for sure, and they leave him and they attack him, and he hits a three and, like, slides into their bench. It's like you let you leave their best shooter open in that scenario, and it was his defense, it was Luke's defense that made it tough on X, and I just remember pregame they were talking about you know, I think it was the little bit of length that they put on X and X's face linked to at the whole season, but they went back to that, to the last matchup against Illinois state, trying to say like, cause length on that one kind of, you know, clearly X had an over 20 point game. It's kind of like Gibson. We think last game, you know, did really well in those specific moments, but he allowed X to have 35, but it's the little things that Luke maybe did against him that shut off some, you know, and did some, you know, closed off possessions and then, you know, relied on a four shot or something. And you just can't have those things happen. And again, I'm surprised we didn't hear booze in the moment of that exact kind of thing where you dribble down and then it's all just dribble it out until, to a force up. But, uh, you know, other, you know, you mentioned Troy too, in some facets, you know, he fouled out he had, and that's just, he fouled out what a UIC. And then this one uh, had nine points. He, Troy's been, he's hitting them well. He's hitting the threes well. And this is what, you know, people might harp on, you know, and a lot of people, again, have talked about Troy and things because the timing of some of the mistakes he might have are critical. But when he when he hits when he shoots threes, they go in. Again, it's just the, it's the uh, the shot selection that's not favorable. But he was making them, so we had all of those from the three point line. Uh, Clarence was good. Didn't play down the stretch really of the second half. Did see a whole lot of Scotty, and he had eight points in nine minutes. And the uh, I think it was nine minutes in the first half, and then. Um, or six minutes, excuse me, and he ended up with 10. So, again, he was great. Brian was asked about him a lot in, in the teleconference today. So, clearly, outsiders know that you need to play him more. Uh, you know, A.J. was fine in this game. You know, I just remember Clarence, you know, he had one of his plays where he tried to ISO a guy, get to the rim and score, but there was one where he just, like, lost it, maybe a pass, and it went straight to A.J. on, like, an easy, fast, you know, easy lane layup and those kind of things that bailed you out when things weren't looking great. Uh but again, you know, it's, it's, you know, adult, and they tried to switch. I mean, Dalton tried to guard X at times and X was doing a good job on Dalton. And it's just the little things like that that stick out in the game, but you can't shoot that bad. And it, I mean, the other things we did well in this game, no, I mean, they only had two more point points than us, which blew my mind, honestly, just because 
again, whether it's Missouri State or any other team, it's like we struggle with that. And then you look at the box score and it's like, how the hell? And then it's like, you know, so those two teams stick out to me. So I don't know how we only get beat by two in that. You know, we had 16 points off their turnovers. I mean, if you look at some of these other stats, it's like, okay, we won by 15. And then, of course, you only win by three. They got a final look there at the very end of the game, too, where luckily they just missed and then we ended up, you know, sealing the game. Uh, we had 20 bench points to their two. No, I think that's what sticks out most is the bench coming to play. Mumu had a couple plays, Jarrett, et cetera. Uh, like I said, if, if I told you some of those team stats, you would think we beat them by a lot. Your your overall final thoughts on this game, you can also add into the fact that we were up three at the very end of this game and didn't foul. And those are the continuous things that honestly would have – because they had a decent look at the end, Noah, and they easily could have tied it, and then we've been you know even more mad than we kind of already were. Yeah, and uh, just one of those things where Brian and the staff thinks that, I guess, analytically, they don't like to foul. And I'm always one of those where I would foul up three. And, I mean, I it was a flop, but we're probably lucky Kinzinger did not get a foul call when he got shot fake and uh, got fouled. I forget who it was. It might have been Kennard or AJ, one of the two, but um, closed out on him. and. Could have got a, could have went to the line for three, three free throws to tie it, but um, got a got a decent look at the end. But I mean, credit to uh, obviously Trent taking ball out now for some of the more important inbounds plays. He was the one doing it and finding Canard going up there throwing a deep ball to him and Canard sinking the last two free throws um, to to end the game. And uh, yeah, the the bench showing up. I mean, if you get that stat line from the bench, most nights we're we're gonna be good because our our shooters, our our starters, are gonna knock down more open shots. AJ's struggling here lately, but Trent and Troy and X will um, be much better than they were that night. Because I mean, if you're giving ten and seven, if you're getting combined, I mean, twenty and twelve rebounds from your bench with, I mean, that's pretty good, Scotty just impacting more in his 17 minutes play. Kennard played really well. I really like seeing Jarrett 15 minutes, Scotty 15, Kennard. I think, um, I think there's still room to nitpick at rotations here and there. You could still get Trey Miller in the game. You could still get RJ minutes. I mean, it's just confusing exactly. I mean, Yovan's uh, besides his last second of the game at Drake, it feels like, I mean, it's just those three guys are, well, we're just going to throw you in there at times. We really need you. But other than that, they've cut this rotation down and another 39 minutes from X, 36 from Trent. Obviously, Troy was in foul trouble, so he only played 25. So he got a little bit of a break in this one with foul trouble. But um, other than that, it didn't look pretty down the stretch, not making shots. But um, it looked a lot better than us having, like I said, 15-plus turnovers and just – trying to blow another lead. It's true. And again, six turnovers and only get beat by two in the paint. It's like, how the heck did this happen? And it was that stretch, that bad shooting that we both have mentioned at this point. And you're right. I mean, they only played nine guys. And the fact that Trey continues to not play is crazy because, of course, you know, with Troy's foul trouble even, he got his third at one point early in the second half and he didn't play for the latter stretch. Maybe that was a lot. You know, Troy – has his deficiencies, but then he'll clearly make impactful plays to where you'll miss him if he's on the court, off the court sometimes. Uh, you know, we saw Jarrett with Scotty and Troy at the three again, and 
That was whenever you still had like Kennard or AJ and Trent in. So X came out for his one minute. So Troy was the point guard. And of course, you you know, it's hard to get anything going when that's the case. So, we, you know, we're both sitting up saying, you need a point guard out there. We've been saying that all year when Trey either barely plays or doesn't. And so like, I don't know how you can't get, you know, him in at any point. Because again, you know, this is a perfect thing to do it against Malachi, Dalton, you know, even with Burford was playing, I would hope that Trey would have found a way because that's an extra guard and that's their best guard. So it's like, you know, he'd be just fine, especially Kidziger. He could do just fine against a guy like that. You know, there were some mismatches in some of the, you know, throughout the game, you know, AJ was on Kidziger a lot. It was just weird. So it's like, you needed that extra guard, but you know, and he can impact in some way to where he helps the possession defensively because Kidziger would get open on like some dribble drive, you know, him and Dalton would just dribble around the paint to find something and, you know, he'd pull up Johnny Wood and he'd hit it. And it's like, if you know, Trey's hard nosed defense. I don't think he'd be able to allow a lot of that stuff. So definitely can nitpick a lot, as you said. And of course, whenever you almost blow another home game, there's a lot to nitpick in, in the grand scheme of it all. But um, yeah, seeing the, you know, Moo Moo finished a, a nice and one in the fast break. Uh, Jarrett thrived in some, he had a huge offensive rebound that led to some more points. And then of course we know about Scotty. So those three are coming up good. We need awesome production from the starters and then those three, but we know the others need to play. So actually his nine assists, he is now one short of time, Brian, for the most in a single season and program history, which continues to be insane. There were 5,200 people at that game for the blackout to cancer, which was awesome. They did a lot of, you know, certain things throughout the game for it. Great to see uh, some other things from this game in regards to really X, because we know he's on the doorstep of a lot of, of a lot of different things itself. Uh, and we quoted this and, you know, that now that he's back to being first and scoring in Missouri Valley games only, it's 22.7. Tucker's at 22.3. They're the only two over 20. And again, he's, he's back to leading the, the league. He's been leading the league in assists. So he's doing that and, you know, quote it and say, if we're lucky enough to miss Thursday, that he deserves a right to be player of the year for those reasons. And uh, just the load that he's carrying, um, we talked about, you know, Robbie and Tucker, of course, the other finalists uh, for that. And then X has scored 592 points this season, which is now his total in his Sluki career at 824 and 58 games. He has a chance to be only the 15th player in history in program history to score a thousand points in a, in a Sluki uniform in under 70 career games. The list on this, Troy Hudson, Desmar did it. And, you know, incredibly Freddie McSwain and Greg Sterick. Um, so X is, you know, he needs like a hundred and something more for 12 games and you're guaranteed six regular season games. And, you know, obviously you're guaranteed one, at least, uh, you know, tournament game. So in seven games, if he can end up putting up those numbers, can't put anything past him, that'd be crazy. Not sure. He might just miss out on that opportunity, but uh great game for Mexico again with those nine assists. He fed his teammates a lot in this game. Uh, So all those stats are also via Luke. Uh, And then I mentioned the teleconference that Brian was on the day talking about Scotty, but he also was asked about the close games. And there's something that stuck out to me of what he said in his answer was, you know, we want to get shots on every possession. Because he was going through so many different things about what it takes. And he mentioned that. And I just thought, well, how many times have you not gotten that? Notably in the Drake game and notably in some of these other, and some of the, you know, bad losses you've had not able to get a shot up. So it's one thing, obviously, say it, you got to do it. And then he was asked, Harry Schrader asked everybody about the, the clutchest players that they've seen over the years. He mentioned Jamal and he touched on Marcus and X and some other players. Uh, it was cool to see him and other coaches mention that around the league. Um, 
So, no, let's get around the league. There was obviously a huge game that made it to where, out of all this that we talk about with the negatives, they are still in fourth place and they have sole possession of fourth place. Dive into those, and then we'll get into standings, Hackman probabilities. Luke actually had Matt Hackman on a recent interview, which was good to know some of the ins and outs of all that. Let's dive into all this. Yeah, some some good games this past weekend. Obviously, there was a really key one yesterday. But uh, Indiana State on Saturday traveled down to Springfield, Missouri to take on the Bears. And it was a the Bears were doing everything they can to cement that the Missouri Valley was a one-bid league. And that's going to be every game the trees go into that the other team's going to try to make the Valley a one-bid league and knock them off. But uh, Ryan Conwell was too much for the Bears, 24 points for him. Uh, Swope had 19, had a key bucket late. Larry, seven points, seven assists, six rebounds. Robbie had his worst game of the, the year so far in the Valley play at least um, with 10.6 rebounds. Uh, credit to NJ Benson and Cesar Edwards um, making him work uh, for the Bears. 26 points by Austin Mason. They were – or Chance Moore did give it a go, and so did Damian Mayo. So we talked about – Dana Ford, after last Wednesday's game, he already ruled out Chance Moore, but su- surprisingly, he gave it a go, had three points off the bench, um, only played 11 minutes in limited action. But Trees get a big road win um, on Saturday. Evansville went on the road to Murray State. This was probably the game of the weekend. Murray State um, gets a home win, 70, 73-70, without Brian Moore. He was... Um, had an ankle injury as well, led by Quincy Anderson, 20 points, eight rebounds. Um, ben Hummerkaus, 14 points. Tanner Cuff had 15 off the bench. Um, Hummerkaus had a chance late um, to take the lead uh, with two free throws. He missed um, the front end of the one one and one, and uh, Jacoby Wood came down, hit a step back three at the buzzer to win it. So. Um, just a big shot, even if he makes those free throws and Jacoby says says does the same thing, they still lose by one. But um, really good game down there, good environment down there. Um, Evansville just can't get it done on the road. Belmont goes on the road and blows out Valpo, 96-78. Malik Dia, 25. Cooper Schweiger, 16 for them. So um, Jacoby Gillespie being back has really helped that starting lineup. I mean, all starters and double figures. Dia 25, like I said. Davidson 12, Gillespie 18, Tyson 16, Willingham 13. So um, a lot of scoring for them. Four points shy of the century mark. Then the nightcap, 74-67 win in Carver Arena for the Drake Bulldogs. Um, It was an 11-point lead at half. It ends up being a little closer than it was, but Drake just goes in there and handles business in Carver like Indiana State did. So the two top teams go on the road in Carver. Um, Maybe we can do that later this year. But Tucker, 22 points, nine rebounds, struggled shooting a little bit. Nate Ferguson was really 10 points off the bench, and he was really great in this one. Brody had 19 and eight as well. Uh, Duke Dean, 23 points for the Braves in that one. Then the key matchup yesterday, um, I know I went over to your place and – you had, didn't have it on, and I got on to you and said, I'm leaving. You don't have the Flames game on. You had the pregame for the Super Bowl, and we turned it on, and Flames get it done over the Panthers. 71-65 win over Northern Iowa. 
gave us the game lead for fourth place, puts us by ourselves. So um, Flames, going on the road to the Flames, it's they were bound to beat somebody. They almost knocked off Indiana State. They almost knocked off us, but this time they get the Panthers. So we appreciate that help, Luke Luke Yoklich and C.J. Jones with that one. And Connie had some free throws late. Then looking ahead to this week's or this midweek games, tomorrow night we got two games. Illinois State travels to Terre Haute. Um, not sure if they'll have Davis. Davis is in a wrist cast. Burford had a boot on his one of his ankles, and Lieb hasn't played since he hurt his leg against us. So 18.5-point favorites for Indiana State tomorrow night, the newly ranked 23rd team in the country. Um, first time they're ranked in the top 25 since Larry Bird. Um, then the other game, Drake travels to Evansville, nine and a half point favorites for the Bulldogs on the road. Evansville, tough at home. Think undefeated home with Ben Hummerkhouse in the lineup that knocked out Bradley um, a couple weeks ago at home. So then Wednesday night, UIC on the road at Bradley, Missouri State on the road at Murray State, then you and I at Valpo. That's a they stayed in Chicago, listened to Ben Jacobson on the teleconference. Um, they stayed in Chicago. They got a trip over to Valpo from Chicago to this morning. So that's a that's a tough two-game skid, even though those are the two worst teams in the Valleys at UIC at Valpo. That's, I mean, I know Belmont just went to Valpo, blew them out, but two tough trips for the Panthers. Yeah, and – you know, nothing's guaranteed at those places. Heck, we almost we had that awful second half, at, you know, against Valpo. And they're wanting to avenge losing by, you know, they were down by 30 or something against Belmont. And then, you know, they'll want to avenge that. And going back to those Saturday and Sunday games, we were watching. We were sitting in Moe's before we went over to the game. We were streaming the end of that game. Hummer Cats, yeah, missed two huge free throws. They got it. Jacoby Wood, it made, it made number one on Sports Center top 10, all that stuff. And massive play. Uh, and then Drake Bradley game. Yeah, Drake had a, you know, confident lead throughout the whole game. Bradley kind of stormed back. But, you know, again, those those top two teams are starting to show why, you know, they are the top two and they're, they're in a tier amongst themselves. And even Indiana State's got a game or two lead over Drake. So they're kind of, of course, in their own class and barely squeaking by Missouri State in that game. Yeah, that was a crazy – that was a fun game to watch. And then UIC coming, you know, getting it done for us. It's, it's beyond huge. You're right. Because you know, I was getting work, you know, getting everything together for that game, and forgot to have it on. Forgot that it started at three. Because again, it's just crazy how they, uh, you know, how they played right before the Super Bowl. But it was a great game. Shout out to them for sure. Uh, and then, yeah, Indiana State finally getting their due, getting ranked. It's, it's, you know, they should have been ranked a while ago. And you know, there's a stat. You know, they'll of course still be 23 by next Monday. All depending in their next couple of games, we know we host them. It'll be the first time they we host an opponent like that in a long time of ranked caliber. So it'll be great. And then yeah, you can't rely on Evansville at home if they're when if they're um, if they're undefeated at home with Hummer Cows, anything's possible. With Drake going though, that'll be a game to watch. And then you said the other games as well. Um, probably Bradley should bounce back against them, but Missouri State Murray State is a pretty evenly matched. Even the match game again, we'll be keeping more eyes on these other games because it's, it's going to be a, a tough one for us. That's an understatement. So we'll see, you know, what the other teams do because, again, they're still right behind us even with that sole play. So the standings, of course, 
like I said, 13 and one, the Sycamores, 11 and three. Drake, Bradley, nine and five. We're only a game back of the Braves with one game to go against them. Makes it interesting and fun at eight and six. And then Belmont, Northern Iowa, Murray, all seven and seven. You have Evansville, Missouri State at six and eight, Illinois State five and nine, UIC 311, and Valpo at two and 12. Um, I mean, no, we're looking good for the Matt Hackman's probabilities. He has this, what'd you say, like a 50-something percent for the four. That's ever-changing. He talked with Luke uh, about just specifics. You know, he's a Northern Iowa grad and, you know, talked and married, you know, his wife's from Drake, ironically, and they were just doing the Valley for a long time ago. He said he's been doing it for like 20 years. And now they, you know, ventured out to all these different conferences. And he said he has this algorithm, of course, and he has this spreadsheet. All he has to do is click something and it already does it for him and, it's an interesting process. We retweeted the conversation. It'll be on the pregame for Wednesday's game as well. So you guys can go give that a listen on that. Um, and then we, we went down a little bit and, and Ken Palm and Nett recently, obviously due to this game, we're about 109 around that mark. So obviously the other games are what they are. We talked about what the even the bracket would be for Arch Madness, but we'll save that. No, let's dive into – Someone new that's caught our eye in the recruiting process. Luckily, it's for this upcoming year. We've talked, you know, a lot about how we're not really in on these kind of guys. We know about some that are still available, but it's few and far between. And this one, you know, just caught the eye today on on the feed. Nothing that would really, you know, on it's crazy the four you post on X that you just stumble upon because the other things we search for SIU doesn't really appear. We'll talk about this guy because. You know, also, we mentioned Justin Curry would be in attendance for the blackout game. He was. He made a recent post about it. Maybe an offer's on the table soon because that's kind of been the gist of other other teams he's visited, an offer soon to follow. But, no, that new 2024 guy took a, took a visit recently and kind of like what he has to offer. Yeah, it's uh, a kid that started up at in St. Louis, from St. Louis originally, um, played for – Christian Brothers, a really good school, and um, transferred down to Milton Milton High School in Milton, Georgia. Um, He's a 6'3 shooting guard. Um, That is interesting. He's averaging 17 points a game right now with 5.2 assists and 1.3 steals per game. Um, So that's – he received all-region team and defensive player of the year's defensive player of the year honors in that re- in his region so this is a guy that right now only that i see from the from my eyes and researching he only has a lindenwood offer but he has interest from other solid mid-majors i know he's ver- visiting Furman um eventually but indiana state texas state some other mid-majors have shown interest in him so definitely um one to keep an eye out i say maybe an offer down the stretch here but uh definitely one then yeah having a 2026 guy on campus is is big time because obviously want to get the recruiting and relationship early justin curry i mean that 6-3 guard from noblesville indiana a guy getting in there early and he is a jaron tower guy he did tag him so that's just a thing to watch out for then yeah diving into this game a trip we wish we could make down to Nashville on Wednesday night. It's a six thirty game. It's just too tough of a trip. I've made plenty of trips for like Thursday night football games, getting off early about one or two o'clock and going to watch the Tennessee Titans, but a six thirty game and just, it's just too tough of a trip. I wish it was a weekend trip, a Saturday or Sunday, but um, we'll definitely 
hopefully keep our eyes out for next year making this trip because Belmont's definitely a place I want to want to visit eventually but just re- refresh you guys what happened last time a 73-63 win for SIU when they traveled up here um had a really good game this was a 18 point game from X um 15 from AJ this was a really good Scotty game 12 points 8 rebounds uh, Clarence had 11 and six as well did foul out in this one because of Malik Dia obviously and this is the game Jacoby Gillespie um, we found out today that Casey Alexander he did break his wrist in this game but Jacoby lied to them about the severity of it and he eventually played throughout this game but he struggled but Dia really was the monster in this one 25 points seven rebounds we did a really nice job on Cade Tyson only he was three or 14 from the field but Going down to Belmont, this is just a place they play a whole lot differently. Um, they just, unlike us, feel like playing at home, you shouldn't miss open shots and stuff like that. But um, definitely going to be a tough game, obviously. We know Malik Dia, the matchup, but Gillespie back in the lineup um, has really revolted this team. They've won two in a row, um, just playing at the curb center. Curb Event Center is just going to be a difficult place and a thing we've never done before because we didn't get to do it last year. Only played them once. So if I were going to a dog of the game, I'm going. Um, I'm going to say Jared Hensley off the bench. I think if we can continue this bench run of getting 15 plus bench points, um, we can find ways to grind it out and win on the road. Yeah, I, I was thinking Jared as well. He's got the Rogers matchup off the bench and. You know, everything about them is crazy. They they score 77, they allow 77. We've talked about their defense, and they had moments in that game at our place for sure. Just like, you know, the first time they had Ben Shepard, of course, and we just blew him out in the second half. That's what we've kind of been able to do to him, you know, explode in the second half. But granted, yes, at home. People remember Casey Alexander got tossed in that game too. So, you know, a lot of things happened to where maybe if Jacoby didn't get hurt and Casey didn't get ejected, they could have won. Um, so they've, you know, they're looking for revenge. Casey was giving us our flowers on the teleconference and they're just the elite. They have the best big three in the league when healthy. Now that Jacoby is healthy, he's been dominating. You know, I want to say X for my dog of the game in this one, but I'll go with Trent. Just more, you know, good guard play that we need against the Davidsons and Gillespie's. And we've done a good job against Tyson, but you said it there too. Him or anybody, they don't miss open shots at home. Yeah, they only have the one loss at home. So it's just going to be very, very hard. And of course, this is you know the current state we're in. Thank, thank goodness we have a game, a game lead because you know at Belmont and hosting Indiana State is not um, you know ideal in any way. And it'd be nice to go one and one in this one. And we were trying to you know we could be favorites in this game. We were narrowing down you know what they have been at home and you know compared to other teams and neutral core what we were at home and kind of just making the math ourselves could possibly be that. Uh, so it's an interesting, interesting game. And we've said before, they don't have much depth. They rely on like four or five guys, which I guess who doesn't this time of year. But, you know, Casey's too good a coach. And now that they're healthy, Malik D is a matchup nightmare. Brian said that himself today. And again, we've, we've done on Kate Tyson a little bit better, but expect them to have, good, you know, a good game. I mentioned maybe being favorites, but, you know, matchup predictor on ESPN has us a 52% chance. So it's going to be like that barely – a favorite if we are it's it could end up being a pick them but it, it's a it's an enormous big game we do wish it was on the weekend uh but 6 30 
on Wednesday nights. Uh, again, it could go a long way knowing that if you can somehow win this game, not only with the game you have on deck, but clearly just everything down the road, knowing that Belmont's behind you as well. This game is massive in the greater scheme of it all. And you'll be looking to, uh, I mean, no, if you have official final thoughts on it itself here about this game on Wednesday, that obviously has major stipulations. Yeah, I definitely think we'll probably be a two point, two and a half point favorite on the road. Um, and just think this is where, I don't know. I just feel for some reason, I feel like going bet going into it that it's on the road for some reason with this team lately, um, that they'll just go in there and be a grinder because it's, it's going to be, see how the refs let us play in the first five minutes. Um, if they're going to let us, I mean, but outside of Dia, we can out physical everybody else, um, defensively and they're letting us play a little bit. I think this is one we can grind away and steal a win because um, I really like this uh, matchup. I think this is this is the team. I mean, Casey said it in the in the teleconference. This is this is the team that sticks with their identity better than anybody in the league. So um, I really like this matchup. I think we squeak one away in Nashville because this is a week. If you want a top four seed, if you want that four seed, or somehow think you can steal that three seed from Bradley. This is a game, this is a week you can't go on to. So we need to get one and one with Indiana State coming in Saturday. So this is it. Uh hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And always go dogs.